0: 200 level episode 265 my carpenter in the basement on thursday morning not just saint patrick's day but of course the day that the ncaa tournament starts in earnest and what a day for that at least in champagne it's going to be 70 degrees and sunny i got the sunroom open going to have the tv on all day long we start off with michigan and colorado state which i think is going to be a game that the rams will win fingers crossed at least And as the day goes on, it'll be nice to just sit back, relax, and not have to worry about Illinois playing until tomorrow at 5.50. When Isaac and I were doing the podcast on Sunday, I made reference to how I prefer the Thursday-Saturday games partly out of being impatient. And I think on Sunday I was still impatient. I really wanted these games to get going again. I wanted to wash the stink of that Indiana game off of me. But as time has went on this week, I'm actually appreciating this break. I went to uh, Chicago on Tuesday, and I stayed for the night and just enjoyed the city on what were two beautiful days up there, and part of that was spring break, getting out of town and kind of forgetting everything about school, which it's been a long year, and not because the kids, kids have been great, but it's just been one of those years, right? I think it's been one of those two years for everybody, if we're being honest. So it was nice to get away, and also I noticed that the more removed I am from this season, as good of a season as it's been the more refreshed I feel going in as a fan. So I can only imagine if you take this team and the slog that this season has been for them, injuries, COVID, you name it, they've dealt with everything. I gotta think the time away is good. And I didn't want to admit that maybe right when Andre Curbelo's layup doesn't go in and you lose to Indiana. At the time, I really wanted that win. And if you want to be a glutton for punishment and you can go back and listen to that podcast, I was extremely pissed off. But in hindsight, maybe this is the best thing for this team. They already got the tangible reward in winning the Big Ten regular season title. So the tournament, to say, was secondary. That might be oversimplifying it, but I think there's something to that. So I sit here on this Thursday morning, far enough removed from last Friday's game against Indiana. That feels like a lifetime ago. And excited but not nervous for the game that's going on tomorrow against Chattanooga. When that name popped across the screen... I know Isaac reacted very viscerally, and I just kind of laughed, and then immediately pivoted to this mindset. And if this is me oversimplifying it, I apologize. Beat the team in front of you. I'm 35. I've seen many a bracket selection show where Illinois has gotten shafted, if you want to say that. I remember last year when Loyola comes across the screen and thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I just don't want that matchup, and of course, that was the one that bit us. But... I could do a bunch of hand-wringing about whoever the matchup is going to be when the simple fact of the matter is you just have to beat the team in front of you. And teams that have success in the NCAA tournament, sometimes luck is involved, but other times they just beat other good teams. And that's all it is. So there's not a lot of analysis in this mindset that I'm taking. It's not like I'm I'm really studying this and saying, okay, I know what I'm going to do now. No. Maybe this is me trying to be zen about it, but I really think it's just as simple as Illinois is pretty good. Chattanooga, decent mid-major. Beat them. Houston, pretty good according to all the metrics. I don't care. Beat them. <laughs> get out of this weekend. And we're going to get into later this episode why it is, I don't want to say imperative, but I think very important for this team for the last three years, and I, I think for the fan base as well. And Jeremy Warner has spoken to this, and I couldn't agree more. That there is something to just getting past the first weekend that will be such a psychological lift for this fan base that has been long starved for postseason success. But before we go any further than that, and before I hit the sponsors, there's one final thing we really need to relish. Illinois is a four seed in the NCAA tournament. They missed how many NCAA tournaments in a row from 2014 to 2019? 2020, you didn't get an NCAA tournament. Last year, you get a one seed, and then here you are as a four seed. And the fact that already there's a little bit of a ho-hum attitude, I think, speaks volumes to what Brad Underwood has done in these five years. And we know that, you know, it, but it bears repeating. What he's done in these five years is the most remarkable turnaround that I've seen. As an Illinois fan, Bill Self merely elevated what Lon Kruger did, just as Lon Kruger merely elevated what Lou Henson was doing. Bruce Weber, for three years, elevated what Bill Self's teams were doing on the court. So I've yet to see a full on rebuild. And that's always a little bit scary to go into that. I guess you could say Gross was kind of a rebuild that didn't work, but that's that's its own thing. This is really remarkable, though. So we're sitting here on the eve of Illinois playing Chattanooga, a 4-versus-13 matchup, one that you are favored in by 7.5 points. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes up to 8 or 8.5 by the time the game tips off. Vegas likes you. I like you. (laughs) Well, you, the listener. I also like Illinois, of course, but I really do like the matchup for this team tomorrow. And... I'm just going to appreciate that. I'm going to appreciate the fact that we are here as a four seed thinking, ah, man, well, I mean, I guess we could have been a three, but no, 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 no. no. This is something I used to joke with Lon Tay about back in Tay and Jay and Tay and Carp Days on 93.5. We would joke about, God, remember the days where we got sick of being a four seed? And there is some truth to it that when Illinois is not a one seed, they're a four or a five. I mean, we are very limited in the types of seeds we get. Never been a two or never been a three. I'm pretty sure. And I think Robert from A and Eye, he looked that up to verify that because that's, oddly enough, the one seed is great, but I, I remember for years thinking, just get the two or three, right? There was even less pressure if you were two or three. It sort of reminds me how back in 2001, we made the Sugar Bowl, but I would have been content to just make the Capital One Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl. So for Illinois basketball and football, it is either all the way at the very top, one seed, or the very good or pretty good four or five, right? I, I get the redundancy with that, but it's still quite an accomplishment. The NCAA selection committee is saying you're one of the best 16 teams in the country. I would agree with that on the whole. I do think this team is one of the best 16, so why not be one of the 16 left standing next weekend? And that, my friends, is the goal. All right, got to remind you, the 200 levels brought to you by DP Doe. I'm on and they're going to be able to get Calzones to you really quick over the first week in the NCAA tournament because students are off campus. So order online at dpdo.com. They'll deliver a piping hot calzone to your doorstep as you are staying at home, maybe imbibing in a few beverages and watching college basketball. Custom zones, any topping you want, or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone, online at dpdo.com. 4th and Kirby online at ForthKirby.com. They have a new Big Ten Championship t shirt, which I highly recommend. Excited to get mine from fourthandkirby.com. plus plenty of other swag t shirts, hoodies, crewneck sweatshirts, all vintage inspired Alani apparel at fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at R E C T O R Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. It is basically springtime. Feels like it outside. I'm going to be doing some outside projects myself. But when it comes to things for the home, Rector Construction, these guys are the experts at it. So go online today and get a free estimate at RectorConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy at BrianIsMyGuy.com. You get the great State Farm prices as you would expect, but also customer service that is second to none. Brian Hansen, your state farm agent at brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. And thank you listeners for all the ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can now do that if you're a Spotify listener on Spotify as well. So I mentioned in the first segment here about getting away from Illinois basketball for a bit, which I think was necessary for me. The way I reacted to the loss on Friday told me everything I needed to know that I can talk the talk and say, I'm detached, I'm not into it, but then a game like that happens and I'm super pissed off and "Ah," and I just, you know, stop the podcast. I didn't even put music at the beginning and the end of that podcast. I just put it up and said, if you want to listen to it, here you go. Some of you still listen to it. So thank you for being the buttons for Punishment and listening to Carp just getting angry for 45 minutes. I needed a break. I think we all did. I think the team, most importantly, needed a break as well. This has been, if I were to think about it, of all the successful Illini basketball seasons, nothing came easy for this team. And there have been challenging years that have ended in success before. So I go back to Bruce Weber's first year. That team was struggling. As late as you know early January that year, they went up to Wisconsin and they lost by 20 points or something. Earlier in December, they got smoked by Providence on the road. That was the year, of course, where Bruce Weber had the funeral for Bill Self. Which is now part of Alani basketball lore, but ultimately things worked out. They found their groove, but it didn't come easy at first. It it was difficult, and then they went on a roll. You could go back to two thousand two with Bill Self, his second year. That team started three and five in the Big Ten, and then they rattled off eight straight wins to get a share of it. Lucas Johnson was hurt that year. You would have lost Marcus Griffin and Surge from the year before, but other than that, it was a team that had to find its way, but didn't deal so much with injuries or illness or anything like that 1998 a bunch of seniors it was one of those years where everything went right not to say it came easy for those guys but that was a veteran group and they got a few breaks and they took advantage of it this year's team didn't get a lot of breaks until basically the last day of the year <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm trying to think of other good luck moments that they had this year they had to kind of create their own luck and all of this with the team that I think we would agree is good, but not great. And I'll go so far as to say pretty good, right? We know there's a very high ceiling, but we also know that on average, this team has flaws. You can never really count on all your backcourt guys producing one night. It's going to be one or the other, right? On those nights where all of those guys are hitting shots, then you become the really dangerous team. But in the last two months, that's been few and far between. Kofi, for the most part, has been Kofi, but we've even seen off nights from him, like Ohio State at home. Andre Corbello finally starting to come into his own. Coleman Hawkins coming into his own as well. You're a very different team than you were in mid-December when you went on a run, making a bunch of threes. You're a very different team than you were in, gosh, late January, early February. This whole year has had this weird kind of stop-and-go momentum to it, or lack thereof. There have been these moments, these individual games where things feel really good, and then the next Game. You follow it up like Ohio State at home, and you think, what the hell is going on? You just won at Michigan State, and then this happens? So that, I think, has a lot of us entering the NCAA tournament a little bit leery. But it's all about getting some time away from it, getting some distance. And in going to Chicago and just kind of taking a break from life, you know, like met up with a couple friends, but for the most part, I just kind of, as weird as this sounds, I roamed the city on two beautiful days, and it's just a nice place to walk around and get some good food and get some coffee and just sit on the lakefront, and that's what I did, detachment. And I hope that this team had the same ability to do that, at least for a few days. This is going to be Underwood's most challenging coaching job yet, or maybe, actually, we we can flip that and say, this might be his easiest coaching job. Maybe just the sheer fact of what we saw Sunday, of them having a very muted reaction to the Voraceed, and then Underwood speaking afterwards saying, hey, we're just going to have some light practices this week. Maybe the important thing here is not to overcoach or not to overthink this, but just to take a break and realize, hey, we're pretty good. Let's go in loose. Let's go in light and just play basketball. When this team has done that, take the Michigan State win at home, which I still circle as maybe the most important win of this year. You didn't have Andre Curbelo. You didn't have Kofi Coburn. You got the win. You were just playing ball. There was no pressure that game. There was none because as I walked in the State Farm Center with 15,000 other people, we thought, well, what the hell? Let's just try our best. And they won. And yeah, it wasn't pretty down the stretch offensively, but they were good enough to beat a decent Michigan State team without two of their best players. That speaks volumes of this team. So maybe when you take the onus off of them and just let them play ball, that is when they play their best. I mean, the Iowa game, impressive as it was to get that win, especially with as good as Iowa's playing right now. Defense won you that game, and it was by no means the prettiest performance from Illinois. That was maybe the pressure on them a little bit. I mean, they they were down by as many as, what, 15, 17 in that game against this Iowa team that can score at will, and you still won. That speaks to the toughness, but I do think that there was a weight. Well, of course, I think there was an extra weight in that game. The Big Ten title was waiting there for you. And you won by the skin of your teeth, right? Well, take that pressure off. Let's just say that was a game like two years ago where you played Iowa at home. And yes, you only won by two in that game, but there was a different vibe to it. There was a looseness because you weren't playing for that title. How can you maintain a looseness? And this is the question for Underwood and this team. How can you maintain that looseness and that sort of fun, good vibe sort of thing when We all know they got to make a little bit of a run here for this thing to feel good. Let's say they win a game and then they lose to Houston. I don't care how good this Houston team is. According to Ken Palm, they're fifth. That's really good. (laughs) And this is a Houston team that, even with injuries, is ranked very highly up there on most metrics. Tough matchup, right? I don't care. You lose, that's not going to feel good. And I think this team recognizes that as well. So how are they going to take this? approach or I should say what approach are they going to take going into this weekend is it going to be loose or is it going to be tight I hope it's the former I hope it is somehow loose and that is where Underwood maybe the best thing to do in terms of coaching is not coach quite as much not get too far into their heads I I do think that Underwood to his credit the last three years knows when to hit the right buttons at the right time Maybe there's been a few exceptions to that. I think that in the third year with Underwood, we saw that five-game stretch where you lost at Iowa, you lost at home against Maryland, and then Michigan State, and then on the road against Rutgers, before finally winning at Penn State when Iowa came back. Maybe that was the one slip-up, where I think they embraced the magnitude of the moment, and then things got away from them pretty quickly, right? It It was a bit too much, even though they were close to winning a couple of those games, really. So do we see a different approach with this, with an older team where you should be able to trust them to just go out there and execute at this point? And maybe the best way for them to execute is not feel the full weight that I think we, the fan base, feel. Now, the good thing about me getting away is I don't feel that weight right now on this Thursday morning. If they beat Chattanooga and they play Houston on Sunday, you bet I'll be feeling that weight again. Hopefully not as much as I have in the past. There have been many times, and Illini fans can relate to this, Many times when watching postseason basketball with this program that God, you're so close but so far away. I go back to nineteen ninety eight. Maryland in the second week or second game, I should say. This is the Big Ten title, nineteen ninety eight team, a bunch of seniors. They played a good game, but they just weren't they just weren't good enough. You know, no fault of their own. That was a really good Maryland team back in nineteen ninety-eight. And I remember even thinking afterwards, well, you know, we played decent enough. There was nothing to hang your head about. And my dad said something to a similar effect. I was still a young fan, so I would always try to get validation from my dad, like, hey, did we do okay? Yeah, yeah, we did okay, but Maryland was just really good today. No harm in that. But you know what? Screw that. I want to make sweet sixteens. I wanna make Elite Eights. And then over time, you see these disappointments. And unfortunately, the the biggest success that I saw, all came within a five-year span. I don't want to say unfortunately. I was fortunate enough to live through it, but unfortunately, that gave me this taste of what it is like to make second weekends of tournaments. And when they didn't, Bill Self's last year, when they lost to Notre Dame in the second round, it sucks. It is so unfulfilling. When we all know damn well that that team was one of the 16 best teams in the country. I'm actually going to go back real quick and check. That Illinois team was the fifth best team in the country, according to Ken Palm. That was Brian Cook as a senior and all those really good freshmen. And they lost to freaking Notre Dame, according to Ken Pom, the 18th best team in the country that year. Good offense, as we saw in that game. But it sucked. It was like, no, this is not the way it should end. Or go back, of course, to 20, uh, 2006. Illinois was the ninth best team in the country. And they lost to, according to Ken Palm, the 15th best team in the country, Washington. In the second round, Brandon Roy, right? That's the best player on the court that game. But it sucked. It was so unfulfilling. This is not how it is supposed to end. Well, I know that that's how I would feel on Sunday playing Houston. I, I get into this sort of mindset I did as a kid where I would think, you know. Illinois fans want it more, so why can't we have it? Why do, why do Houston fans need this? They made a Final Four last year, and I know there are plenty of Houston fans. This is, after all, the program that had Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. There is a history there. They won a freaking title, didn't they? Or was it NC State upset him? Regardless, Houston has their own history, but I'm sorry. No. Illinois fans are more deserving. We can say that, Illinois fans. We are more deserving of success, especially as we sit here in 2022. All these sorts of things that I'm talking about, they come into play on Sunday. Not tomorrow. Let's talk about tomorrow before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about Chattanooga. We're going to win the game. Okay? And uh, these are not famous last words. And if so, you can replay them and you can accuse me of jinxing Illinois. It is too easy of an upset pick. It's the sexy thing to do. Seth Davis did it on the actual telecast Sunday. This team is going to be aware of it. This team is well-rested. They're going to come out. They're going to execute. They're going to get the win. And whether it's by one or whether it's by 15, they're going to get the win and move on. We, as Illini fans, do need to do one thing. We can embrace all the failures from the past and all the pressures that it is to be an Illini fan without that elusive national title. We can embrace that for what it is. It's sort of like what Red Sox fans did for a long time. And as a Yankees fan, I pitied them. I know that there are other fan bases that might pity Illinois fans, even though we can be quite the handful on social media. But we can embrace those failures. We can say, yes, there is an added pressure to being an Illini fan this time of year because we don't have that freaking national title. Okay, embrace that. But don't take it so far as to, oh, God, it's Chattanooga. No, you need to beat Chattanooga. And the minute that we start doing this thing, and we're going to probably do it every year, and I understand the gut reaction when you see a matchup come across your screen and think, oh, really? That's the matchup? Listen, guys, Chattanooga is not Loyola. You need to beat them. The Chattanooga game from 1997 has no bearing on this one. These guys weren't even born yet. I don't even really remember that game. I was a young enough fan. I was 10 going on 11. I just remember being disappointed and thinking, huh, Chattanooga? That's a lifetime ago. Move on. Don't let a four versus 13 matchup scare you. If this is how it's going to end, well, so be it. I'm not going to be emotionally invested in the game on Friday. There's no reason to be. You're the freaking four seed. You go in there and you take care of business. I think this team knows that as well. And there have been games where they've laid clunkers. But this is the, I think, benefit of what happened last year. There are not going to be any games off. There's going to be a focus, hopefully balanced with the looseness and not feeling that you know pressure of being a one seed. Yeah, it's being a four seed against a 13. Four seeds beat 13 seeds 75% of the time, something like that. So just don't be that one upset in the four thirteen matchup. I think Vermont actually is gonna be that upset over Arkansas. As much as I like Arkansas, the 113 seed I didn't want to see was Vermont. Or you could say the same for the South Dakota State. So do we really think that Chattanooga? Is the absolute toughest 13 seed? Hell no. They got a few really good players, but they don't have a lot of depth. You have depth, and you have some pretty good players that should at least match their best players. Go out there and take care of business, and they will. Okay. Famous last words. I guess we can clip this if Illinois loses Chattanooga. Excuse me. Hard word to say sometimes. But let's not become the fan base That when any time a matchup comes across the Selection Sunday screen, that we freak out and think, oh my God, we got screwed again. Someone's out to get us. There are no conspiracies. No one is out to get Illinois basketball. There are no boogeymen here. This is a game that you win. Okay, let's move on. Setting up a game on Sunday against presumably Houston. Though, let's not just throw UAB out the window. That's a 5-12 game. We see plenty of those. This is a Houston team coming out of the American Conference that the metrics do love. I expect them to win. But let's not throw out the possibility that maybe you get a break here and UAB gets the win. Wouldn't that be something, right? We saw this back in 2002 when Illinois beat, I want to say, San Diego State in the first round. Luther had had a monster dunk against them in the first round up in Chicago. Second round, you got Creighton, who had just beat the five-seed Florida Gators. And I don't think any of us wanted a part of Florida after what happened in 2000. So you got a break there, and you beat Creighton by eight or nine in the second round. You moved on to Sweet 16. Okay, ho-hum, right? It could happen again. But let's say it is Houston and Kelvin Sampson. This is where the fan base thing is has far more weight than anything that the players are actually feeling. These players don't give a crap about Kelvin Sampson. They don't care about Eric Gordon. Some of us might, and yes, Kelvin Sampson is a total sleaze bag. We all understand that, but I'm not going to let that affect my viewing of the game. I'm not going to let stuff from 14 years ago influence how I watch a second-round NCAA tournament game. The exception to that would maybe be if you have to play a Kansas with Bill Self. Yeah, there's a lot of baggage there, or for whatever reason, Kansas State made the tournament with Bruce Weber, and then you have to deal with, oh, God, we're playing Bruce. Or let's say even if it were John Gross and Akron. Yes, it is difficult to remove yourself from that. But we're talking about something from 2008 with Kelvin Sampson and Eric Gordon. Let's say Eric Gordon comes here for Bruce Weber. Do you actually think that Bruce Weber would have figured out a way to maintain a high level of success he had his first three years, even with Eric Gordon? And you could say, well, they might have gotten Derek Rose, too. Maybe, but come on, let's be honest. Coach Calum Memphis. They were probably going to get Rose regardless. Do you really think Eric Gordon in one year would have changed the fortunes for Bruce Weber to the point that we would be in a better position now holding on to Bruce Weber longer than we are with Brad Underwood? Here's my main point. That sounded kind of convoluted. I don't want to say things happen for a reason, but I don't care that Eric Gordon didn't come here. It hurt at the time, but ultimately all roads led to where we are right now and it's a healthier place with Brad Underwood in year five than it would have been if you kept Bruce Weber longer and then you're doing a coaching search in 2015 or 2016. Bruce Weber was not going to work long-term. We all know it in our gut. We all know it. So the Eric Gordon thing, whatever. Honestly, it hastened the end of the Bruce Weber era, which I never want to go back to. So, yeah, these ghosts, right? They're ghosts. That's what they are. They haunt us. From years past Chattanooga 1997 or Kelvin Sampson and Eric Gordon 2008 and oh my god they're sitting there right in front of us honestly none of those things bother me nearly as much as oh god we might play a Chicago Jesuit school in the second round like it did <laughs> like that unfolded last year I didn't want we had no history with Loyola I just didn't want to play a team from Chicago and I know Shannon Ryan re- replied to something I tweeted out like oh god I, I just don't want to deal with the narrative and she's like why not and I'm like I didn't reply to it because I couldn't explain to Shannon in a tweet, listen, this is that East Central Illinois inferiority complex creeping in here. I don't want to lose to a team from Chicago because you guys don't, as much as you cover this team, you. I don't know if they get how crazy we are about Illinois basketball. So it would be like trying to explain to someone, why are you a serial killer? Well, let's see, uh... Give me five days and I'll explain to you all my hangups and everything that led me to this point. It'd be like me explaining to Shannon Ryan, okay, why am I so freaking nuts about Illinois basketball? Well, do you have three days? Let me explain it to you. You see, the the Loyola Illinois thing was going to be cute to any casual fan. I'm not a casual fan. I'm nuts. Okay, so that was never going to be cute to me. It was actually so aggravating and annoying the minute that that was announced. And I tried to keep that at bay, but I couldn't. I don't have the same thing with this pod, with Chattanooga, with Houston, UAB, whatever. I don't have that. Even Arizona in the one seed. Hey, if you get to the Sweet 16 and you get to play them again, you've already seen them. Maybe Kerr, the, the kid that killed us in the second half with his three-point shooting, who knows if he's going to be around or not. There are worse fates than playing this Arizona team in a Sweet 16. In fact, that would be an amazing opportunity. And already, that is a very, very, very successful season, full stop. You can make the argument, and I would probably agree with you, that by winning the Big Ten title, that is already a very successful season, full stop. Carp, you don't need to do anything in the NCAA tournament. But do we really believe that? I don't know if any of us actually believe that. I think that most of us view this Big Ten title as a sort of lifetime achievement award for three straight years of being the best team in the Big Ten according to your win-loss record. And finally, you got that banner, you got the trophy, all well-deserved. And this team deserved it, but the last three teams deserved it as well. This was a culmination of building this program up. The next step, and the cherry on top, the ultimate cherry on top, would be to make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. It is not an outrageous expectation for a team that is this good. They're good enough to make that second weekend. And they actually get the benefit of not having all the eyes on them. Yeah, you get the 550 tip on Friday. I think it's TNT, so you don't get the CBS. You don't get Jim Nance and and Bill Raftery. I think you get Ian Eagle and Reggie Miller, which is a great crew. You at least get Reggie Miller. I forget who else. So you were not the A game. You're the B game. You're going to have a lot of eyes on you, and you'll certainly have a lot of eyes on you if it's Illinois-Houston on Sunday, but not nearly as much as when you were the one game playing early Sunday morning last year, Illinois-Loyola, check out Io and Kofi Coburn. Here's this, uh uh-oh, upset. No, you don't have that pressure. You get to just be a team in the NCAA tournament. Here's another factor I love as well. You weren't playing in Indy or Milwaukee. Screw that. This team wasn't quite good enough to earn playing that close to home. Now, Michigan getting to play in Indy, yeah, that's a crock. We all know it, but they're going to lose today against Colorado State. Anyways, Devontae Jones not playing for Michigan. Too bad, so sad. They're going to go home. Don't worry about it. Okay, don't worry about Michigan. It was a disastrous year for Juwan Howard, and honestly, them not playing in the first four, it only hastens their demise. They will be out today, and I will laugh. But I love this. Get out of town like what I did going to Chicago. Illinois, go to Buffalo. Get out of here. Or sorry, not Buffalo. Pittsburgh, far enough away. Go to Pittsburgh. Get out of here. You'll have some Illini fans, but it's not going to be a home game. There's not going to be this magnifying glass on everything you do like there was last year going to Indy for two straight weekends, winning the Big Ten tournament title, and then just the baggage continued to pile on this team, it does make psychological sense why they were flat against Loyola. No excuse. I mean, that is still a disastrous loss for a team that coulda, shoulda, woulda made the Final Four if they just win that stupid game. But they didn't. But there's something to be said for the extra pressure that they felt that this team should not feel. The pressure that this team feels... And Jeremy spoke a lot on that this, this week in the Illini Inquirer podcast with Michael Tulip and then also with Derek and Joey. And I agree with this wholeheartedly. The pressure is that, I mentioned the culmination of three years winning the Big Ten title. The pressure is that for three years you've had a lot of success but not NCAA tournament success. This is the last obstacle. And that if you make the second weekend... Do we say the rebuild is complete? No, I think there are greater successes awaiting this program. The way that Underwood's built this up, I do think that you continue this, you will make Final Fours. You will continue to win conference titles. I am as firm a believer in that as I have been in any coach since Bill Self. That's how good Underwood is, I think. And by the way, this is his best coaching job. I mean, you look at everything going against this team and they won a Big Ten title. Come on. That is an insane coaching job from him so the pressure is about putting the cherry on top of a three-year success story that does not have ncaa tournament success in 2020 there was no tournament you had nothing to say about that you were get, you granted a mulligan in 2021 and he didn't do enough well here you go i think that this team for all the weird moments like at rutgers ohio state at home the game at Purdue, the stinkers that they laid up at Maryland, right? We know they're capable of stinkers. But I do think that having gotten that Big Ten title, right, and getting essentially two weeks off, yes, there was the Indiana game, but essentially an extended break to rest, to recuperate, to mentally and physically get right, this is a more advantageous position physically and mentally than where they were at last year and I do think it will pay dividends I was filling out my bracket yesterday in the hotel and I fairly confidently picked Illinois to go to the sweet 16 now granted last year I selected them to lose in the championship to Gonzaga okay well didn't quite get that far and I think ultimately that would have been their fate. I think Gonzaga was just too good for this Illinois team. But it would have been a great game. I would have loved to have seen it. But unfortunately, you only played two games, and then that was that. It was the most deflating feeling I've had as an Illini fan. And that includes the national title of the UNC, where I woke up that morning knowing, in my gut, this is going to be hard. And that game proved it. Yes, there was the Sean May, James Augustine stuff. but. We all felt during that game that we were going uphill, going upstream, and it just, oh, God, it was such a battle, and damn, they got close, but not quite. The deflation of losing to Loyola and reckoning with that for an entire year, you think it would lead me to be more gun-shy. You think it would lead me to maybe be a little more like, all right, Carp, you've already done this before. Why would you pick Illinois to make the second weekend? Call it a gut feeling. Call it the fact that we've all been through the ringer mentally. And and can I be honest, for those that went to the Iowa, Illinois game, it was incredible, right? Physically, how did you feel the next day? I felt spent. (laughs) Like I that Monday night, we're sitting watching TV and I'm nodding off and Kara says, Go to bed. Like you've got to go to bed. It's 8:30 and I hibernate. Mentally, physically. As spectators, we felt it. Can you imagine? What these guys, the players on the court, were feeling after that. It's a miracle the Indiana game was like it was. Of course you were missing layups and stuff. You were probably still feeling the jitters from the game before. Not to excuse some of the silliness in that Indiana game, but it does make sense. So as I sit here, essentially two weeks removed from that Iowa game, and this extended break punctuated by kind of a stinky Big Ten tournament game, okay, fine. I love where this team is at. I love the fact they were able to get away. I love the fact as a fan base we were able to get away and maybe kind of clear our, clear our minds of all this baggage and just settle in for two games and then hopefully more from there. I picked Illinois to beat Houston in the second round. I think they do. I think if they get there, and I say if, because that's the NCAA tournament. There are ifs aplenty. Illinois-Houston will be a great game, but ultimately, I think you got more offensive firepower when things are going well. I think you got Kofi. Oh, I think you got Kofi. I should say, I think that Kofi will get his against Houston. And more than anything, I think that this team will be at their optimum level. We saw these signs of Coleman Hawkins and Andre Curbelo coming into their own. I think that continues. And on top of that, I think that we now get to see this team fully rested. What is the old saying from Star Wars A New Hope? This battleship is fully operational. Now, we know what happened to the Death Star, but if something similar were to happen to this Illinois team, you know, listen, the Death Star, they got in their punches. They, they knocked out the planet of Alderaan, for God's sake. So that, that thing was a fully operational battleship. And if that means that our Achilles heel, you know, comes later in this tournament against Arizona, even, that's fine with me. I do think this battleship, though, is strong enough to get through these two games. And here is why that is immensely important. Jeremy talked about it this week, and I really appreciate from his perspective, he follows the team. He wants them to win. It's more fun to cover that. But even he, from a more objective viewpoint, can see the value in getting that extra week as a fan base. To me, often winning in the postseason, the game itself is fun. It is basking in the glow for an entire week afterwards that makes making the Sweet 16 that much fun or making the final four, for God's sakes, so much fun. I will never forget the feeling of making the final four in 05 and getting an entire week. And from what I recall, and who knows that this was actually the weather? People joke, how do you remember the weather, Carp? But at least my attitude was so positive where I'm pretty sure it was 70 degrees and sunny that entire week. And it might have been, but at the very least in my mind, that's my memory, because I was so happy for an entire week. We all were. We got an entire Saturday until the next Saturday to soak in the fact that Illinois was making the Final Four. Now, a Sweet 16 is not a Final Four, but for as long starved as we have been, making the Sweet 16 means that we get an entire week to sit on it. And that is invaluable. Just being able to walk around and and puff out your chest a little bit that you're one of the final 16 teams left in this whole thing. I mean, come on. That is what it's all about. And I experienced that, but I know for guys like Isaac and Trevor, they're too young to really remember 05 for what it was, let alone the run from 2000 to 2005 where you made four second weekends. That is not what I think the expectation should be. When I was on with Lon last week on 93.5, someone said, well, what do you expect? You aren't Duke. Yes, I agree. You aren't a blue blood, and I don't expect to make four out of five second weekends. But I do expect to make more than one in every 17 years. And we're due, as Harry Black would never, ever say. We are due. I think the stars have aligned for as up and down as the season has been for as frustrated as i have gotten at this team i think the stars of a line and even regardless of jacob grandison's status okay or is it irregardless is that even a word i like where you're at and i think that you'll take advantage of it rested healthy for the most part with some of your key guys really coming into their own and some guys like trent frazier and alfonso plummer do to have some hot shooting nights so let's do it Two games, right? That's let's start with that. Win two games, Friday. Like I said, I'm not going to be emotionally invested in Chattanooga. That is a game that you turn on and you watch and you have fun because you're forcing the NCAA tournament and you beat the 13 seed. That is all it needs to be. And if they happen to lose, let's call it what 10% chance. That means it could happen. If you lay a stinker, it could happen. If they lose, well, guess what, Atlanta fans, then it is what it is. And and what can I say? I mean, this podcast is certainly null and void, but that's happened before. <laughs> I spent an entire week before the Drexel-Loyola games talking about how this was it. This was it. All the stars seemed to be aligning, right? But what I didn't factor in is the cost of going for that Big Ten tournament title, putting everything out there because you had gotten screwed in the regular season. Yes, you still need to beat Loyola but I did not factor in the mental component. I'm going to factor in the mental component right now and say that this team should be in a healthier spot than they have been all year long. And that for any pressure they do feel to put the cherry on top of this three-year stretch, I got to think a lot of that pressure is off because one, they got the Big Ten title to begin with, and two, they've essentially had two weeks to rest up physically and mentally. I love that. So let's see it play out. I feel good about it. We will be here, me, Isaac Trevor, for the game tomorrow night. And maybe I'll do an entire Twitch stream for the entire game. I mean, I'm going to be in the basement watching it anyways. And then I'll hit record for the second half. I might do that if people want to tune in. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But regardless, you're a four seed playing a 13. Get the win. I'm not going to be emotionally invested. You can hold me to that, right? If they, let's say they lose to Chattanooga. Worst case scenario. What's my reaction? Honestly, a shrug. You know, I think it's sort of like if you were to play an early season game. Now, granted, there's a lot more at stake here. Your season could be over if you lose, right? Or your season would be over if you lose. But it is more difficult to get invested in a November game against an Arkansas state or something like that. And we know Chattanooga is better. But more difficult to get invested in that than it is Arizona at home. That's just the way it is. So was a four I'm going to sit back and just enjoy an NCAA tournament game. And then, yes, I'm going to look forward to watching Houston UAB and do some scouting and figure out, well, if it is Houston, how do we beat them? Or maybe we get lucky and UAB gets the win. Listen, as a four four seed, these are difficult to get. I mean, we look at Michigan State. This is an established program. They get a seven. And they might have deserved to be more like an eight, if we're really being honest, but they get a seven. I'll take a seven seed some years, but this just shows that being a four seed is nothing to sneeze at. So let's play like a four seed, and it sure is a lot less pressure than being a one seed. Let's have some fun. Two hundred level, we'll be here on Friday. And then if you win on Friday, we'll be here on Sunday. And I hope the game Sunday is not one of those early things. I don't think it would be at that point. But Illinois-Houston would be one that has a lot of eyes on it, but not quite as many. Not quite as many as Illinois Loyola. So just go in there and sneakily get two wins in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Why not? I think they do. And it is time. It's NCAA tournament time. Let's have some fun. I'm excited to watch some games today and tomorrow. That's all I'm going to be doing for four days. The best weekend of the year, and Illinois is a part of it. And I think that is the biggest takeaway of all. All right. Before we get out of here, DP Doe online at DPDoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. Custom zones with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at DPDoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at Fourth and Kirby.com for all your vintage inspired Hawaiian apparel, crewneck sweatshirts, hoodies, t shirts, you name it, go online to FourthandKirby.com. Rector Construction online at R E C T O R Construction.com for all your home exterior needs. It is springtime. Spring has sprung. So get a free estimate today at rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State from Agent Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, partners with the 200 level. Thank you all for tuning in. Wanted to get this out at the start of the NCAA tournament, and we'll be here tomorrow. That is Friday. 5.50 p.m. is the tip-off. We'll be here at least for the second half, and maybe I'll twitch the whole damn thing along with a couple of beverages, because that's what it's all about. It's basketball. It's beverages. It's March Madness. Oh, and happy St. Patrick's Day to any of my Irish brethren out there. I think I'm a quarter Irish but I'll try to celebrate as if I'm 100%. In the meantime, enjoy the spring-like weather, enjoy the NCAA tournament, and Illini fans, let's make a damn sweet 16. How about it? It is the 200 level.